Chad Siegel. And I'm Vince Lujan. And together we have over 25 years of collective ministry experience in the Christian church. Currently, we're serving at Faith United Methodist near Denton, Texas. We want to welcome you to the TriFaith Podcast, where you will hear stories of people giving faith a try through their lived experiences and encounters with God that we hope will encourage and inspire you to give faith a try. As of the recording of this podcast, we recently passed the one-year milestone of the war in Ukraine. This summer, Chad and a group of teens and adult volunteers will return to Romania, which borders Ukraine, to work with Pastor Rarish of the United Methodist Community in Cluj, Romania. And this interview is kind of a longer one, and we didn't want to cut anything out. And so we're not going to do it, um, one of our bigger intros today. We just want to jump right in uh, to hear Pastor Rarish share about uh, his upbringing of, from communism um, to capitalism that they have there today, uh, to in that whole transition to the ministries that they're that they're a part of over there, to the ways that they're serving the refugees and incorporating them into the ministries that they have over there. So we don't want you guys to miss any of that today. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right into our conversation with Pastor Rarsh. We're here with um, Pastor Rarish from Romania. He is the pastor of Way of Faith UMC in Cluj-Napoca. And he is also uh, the superintendent of the United Methodist Church there that consists of three different uh, churches that are over there. And so the Methodist movement is new. We can't wait to dive into that with you. But uh, welcome, Rarish. We're really glad you're joining us uh, today. Uh, Thank just, you. Thank yeah. You for <laughs> we got an eight-hour time difference, so we're in two different modes of the day uh, currently. We're just getting our started, and uh, I already had uh, three, four coffees, so I think you have only one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the process of ours. Yeah, so uh, it's it's fun. It's the beauty of technology that we can do this. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I guess so. To start, can you just share? Like, we want to get some of the origin story uh, of your arts for our people to hear. Um, just kind of who you are, but like where um, did you grow up and can you share a little bit about your family? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I taste also the communist period of time. I have I was nine when the, the revolution break in 80, 89. So um, I was raised in the Orthodox family um, and uh, with a Pentecostal grandmother. So from her, I have the evangelical influence. Uh, we were many times uh, in our, uh, my grandma church, uh, and then only for celebration, we have been to the Orthodox church. Uh, so we didn't consider ourselves uh, to be evangelicals. We stay as Orthodox because in that time, if you, even it was hard, um, uh, if you were evangelical and not an orthodox, uh, I mean, people marginalized and even your family can suffer a lot. Mm. 
um and um but not because of that because uh, we and and my parents they they didn't take a, a real decision uh for for Jesus only after when i was maybe 16 or 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 so um and i started to also to go to a, a church um in 94 95 after the revolution many new churches came in town evangelical more charismatic churches and i have been part of that so i grew in this time of of communism um, and i still remember uh the hard times um, that I have to go through with my with my families to stay in line from five in the morning, um, so the store to be open uh, and uh, the parents has to take the children um, in front of the store because they have to prove how many are in the family. So if you have more kids, they give you more food, but you have to prove. I mean. Uh, and so that's why it was crowds of people in front of the store. The store was open only at eight in the morning and it was a narrow door. And when the store was open, everybody wants to go in because you don't know if you get enough, if you have enough food. So many times I was lost in the crowd and uh, uh, I was crying for my father. And uh, and uh, it, 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 it has been a hard time um for for the for the people in that time we were starving um even the romania was considered that export the much the the more grain in europe than other countries mm -hmm. ceausescu wants to pay all the debts <laughs> and that's why they the, he starved the he starved the his own people wow wow and yeah. that that was like when you were um 9 years old and yes, seven, eight. Yeah, when when the revolution came, I was nine in, in that times. So yeah, mm -hmm. man, is like that transition. Like I'm sure it wasn't just an immediate. Like as soon as you know, communism kind of fell. Was it? What does that transition kind of look like? Uh, you know, from communism to something different. Like what those years in there it, from nine to yeah, one. it took it took time. It took time. Um, I mean. Uh, at least we felt that we have a freedom, you know, freedom of speech. Uh, and um, also there will be more opportunities, but people were still struggling. Um, I can say that Romania went uh, on, a, on a good trend in, after the, they were part of European Union in uh, 2006. It happened that. Mm -hmm. um, and then from from there on, more opportunities came. Um, but even now, uh, there are a lot that are struggling. <laughs> but uh, at least we can grow our children in a in a free in a free country, and and that's the the most the most important. And also, uh, you feel you know the freedom when you can go in europe and you don't have to stay at the border and it's a, it's a, you can travel free and 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 that give us back the dignity that we were that has been lost in the in the communist time when we were caught in this country and me as a child i was thinking that that's the world everywhere right. uh, because we have oh. tv didn't know uh, any different mm -hmm. yeah it was a propaganda <laughs> more and uh, uh we didn't know that it's another world <laughs> you know they are out we were thinking that no it's it's normal for us to live like that wow 
how old were you when the uh, the kind of this transition from communism to uh, so, your current state of government? I mean, uh, yes. Yeah, so I I'm born in eighty revolution when the revolution came. I was nine. So uh, then I I can say that I, I I saw all the you know the I saw all the steps uh, as Romania you know develop even economical and I have been in in many stages many places you know uh, but um, now because we live um, in the second largest city in Romania in in uh, Cluj Napoca in Transylvania. Um, I can say here there are many opportunities, but in other places in the country, in the north or the south, they are close to, you know, to the Russian, <laughs> to say empire, then France, we are close with the Western. People are still star, are still striving a lot. And many of them, they go to work in Spain or they in Italy. We have 4 million Romanian out of the country that they work all over Europe. Wow. So it sounds like when you were, so then as a, as a child, as a young boy, and then kind of transitioning into a uh, young adult, you know, hood and being a teen, like your country is growing and you're growing and you're changing. Did you feel a sense of, I mean, you know, a lot of young people, I mean, they already have energy, right? You know, uh, but that must've been a really amazing time to kind of feel a sense of hope and, possibility, uh, new life. I mean, was that, was that kind of, you know, as you were growing up and as the country was changing and you're changing and did you feel yourself to be a part of that or how did you kind of, how did you take that in as you were growing up? So, yes, as, as I told you after, um, we have been part of the European Union, uh, more opportunities came and I, I know that many of being a teenager's uh, all uh, we all dream that once we will go and work out of Romania and we we'll have a better life um, in uh, in another country because we saw that other countries they are far away in front of us even with 40 years because we have been 40 years in the communism and that's hold us back and uh, everything that the young generation uh, in that times was dreaming is to go and have a new life in another country and that's why it was a big exode after the mm. after the uh, we entered in the european union because it was a free work you know you can go and and work everywhere and i remember because um uh, being a teen that was the time when i was 16 17 that i come close to to the Lord and and um, and uh, I, I receive a call and I knew that I'm called to stay in this country. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. I make a deal with the Lord and I say, okay, Lord, I will not go to work in another country, but you have to take care of my needs. Mm-hmm. And so since that, uh, God uh, hold his promise. <laughs> and uh, Funny how that works. <laughs> and that worked good, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and I knew that I'm called for this nation and, and God uh, proved, you know, that over the years and confirmed to me that uh, that's my call for, for this country. And um, uh, now I, I know why, why God uh, in that time spoke so deep to my heart to stay in Romania because now after 20 years, 20 something years, I see the fruits and I see what God did uh, in, in, um, around me 
Wow. So it sounds like, you know, you had, you mentioned your influences. You know, I have some friends that are Romanian too. My, my friends, uh, Anca and Shervan Morcovescu, oh. um, yeah, they are I'm Orthodox. <laughs> and, uh, I've, we've, uh, gone over and shared many a meal and had Kozanak and, uh, Chirva de Pereshwade, and th- these are the only Romanian words I know, you know. I always joke with Chad. He talks about Romania, and I am just mentioned my, the foods that I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just all about the meat, you know. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, and so we've had some really awesome conversations. Uh, we, I love my friends Anka and Shirban talk about uh, the role that faith has played, you know, in our lives, and they continue to be practicing, uh, you know, Greek Orthodoxy. Um, and, uh, you know, I myself, I'm, I'm a practicing Catholic and I'm working here at, at a Methodist church, uh, with right. Chad. So a lot of, a lot of different influences going around and you mentioned, um, you know, you're kind of coming to, to know Christ or your conversion or your awakening of faith in your life at 16, you know, can you talk a little bit about what was going on before that and how, mm-hmm. you know, h- how that was different when you can, when you, you mentioned this, this moment, you know, being 16 and kind of coming to know the Lord and coming to know Christ can you talk a little bit about that uh, time before and then during yes. and after? Yeah. Like I said, uh, we have been with my parents to the Pentecostal church. And then in 94, my sister joined uh, a new a non-denominational charismatic church. And so we and the, uh, my parents, me and my parents, we went to, to that church Um but as a teenager, you know, you are back and uh, out, you are in and out, you know, struggling, you know, and fighting. But really, God, uh, really, I have many encounters with God as a teen um, and, um, and many good experiences. And I felt that I'm called by God. Even a few days ago, I met my pastor, the first pastor, and, and he remember how all the time I carry his bag. And uh, I, I always said that uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, like uh, I'm carry his weapon, you know. I'm I'm a weapon carrier, and then I'm, I'm staying close to a pastor, and maybe I will uh, receive his anointing over me, you know. It's like a squire and, and a knight. You're like yes. David. You're like David. Yes, yes. <laughs> and even in that time, I didn't know what I'm talking about, you know. Now mm. I can see that. You know, God really called me, and I, I struggled, and uh, I I have been part from, you know, a gang to say that in these Romanian times, and uh, I was involved in drinking and fighting, and uh, but I always felt that God protect me all the time. Even my friends, they saw that, and many times they say, "Hey, all the goods that we have, we give to Rarej because he's the one that." he will not be beat or he will hold he will run or some because i didn't like to to fight but i was with them and when they started i fight i i run away and then uh and uh, i met i met them when they come home all beat them and i was safe you know <laughs> and uh and, and no so, one to hold them no one to fold them <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And so when I was uh, 18, my, my parents got baptized uh, in, in this church. Uh, even we have been Orthodox, you know, we, we decided to be uh, baptized as adults. Uh, in that time, I didn't knew about the doctrine of the Methodist. And it can be one baptism and it's not, it's not uh, you don't need the second one. Uh, yeah, yeah, one and done. <laughs> Part of the family. Yes. And so... Um, 
and then it, it was something that uh, rebelled against my my parents and i said i do you think that now i will be the next one you know and i will never be baptized and and so i i i it was a time when i i was away you know uh of the church my parents they didn't uh, force me to go to church they always invite me sunday morning uh, when I came home uh, from <laughs> disco places and they asked me, do you come to church? And sometimes only because I want to be nice with them. I said, I will come, you know. And uh, But then God caught me again. And uh, when I was 19 uh, in January, I, I, I uh, wake up and I, I felt that if I will die, I will go in hell. I was so afraid of that. You know that I I tell my parents I I I want to I want to be you know uh, I want I want to be serious with God from now on you know, and I want to be baptized and uh, so they called the pastor and uh, I was baptized when I was nineteen and and from that on I start to be more and more close to the Lord. I was one year in army and I went to army only to preach the gospel. That was my, <laughs> that wow. was my desire. I mean, uh, even in, in 99, when I was in army, there were still people from the old system, you know, from the communist system. And uh, I have to put up with uh, many, you know, uh, uh colleagues and then other superiors that they been you know put me to do all kind of stupid things that i don't want to do it you know and uh, like to work in a monastery or to to in construction or in, in other things you know uh and uh, but always my 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 uh desire was to 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 preach the gospel and 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 so I, I didn't went away of these, you know, groups that you stay with them and then you talk about all kinds of stupid things, you know, with your colleagues. But it was a time when my colleague says, okay, let's let's see what Radish have to say, you know. Mm -hmm. Because he listened to us, you know, but he's different. They knew that I drink only one beer per day mm -hmm. uh, and not more. So they, they test me until the end of the army, but they they saw that <laughs> they tried they tried to break you huh i'm a follower of jesus and and they wanted to listen my story so so it was it was a big testimony among that of what god did in in my life um in in those times and that's that's cool and it sounds like you um perhaps had a you know a feeling of just feeling convicted about, you know, the way that your life was going up until that point, you know, being 19 and kind of sowing your wild oats, you know, being the the prodigal son, you know, yeah. as it were, and then having a sense of like, man, I've got to share this yeah. love of God and, and Christ, you know, with everybody and like to go into the army and just decide, yeah, I'm going to this is my calling that for the moment I'm going to go and convert everybody here or tell everybody, you know, about, uh, my experience, you know, you, you must've been, how was, how was, I guess what I'm trying to get at, um, what was it about your, your, you know, you call it your call, but what was it about finding, um, God's, uh, presence in your life that made it so 
powerful that you had to share it, you know, with other people? Uh, I think that what, well, like I said, that I have this, you know, conviction in, in my heart that I can't play with God anymore. And I was so in fire for him, you know, that I said that I need to, to find a place where I can go and share this. And I knew that the army, it's a hard place, you know, and I need this experience. And, um, I said, I have nothing to, to lose. And so I, I enroll in, in, in the army and, and that experience there, it really prepared me for what was next, you know, the call of God to, to work full time, full time, and then to be a minister and then a past a pastor and everything. So, uh, you know, this, uh, this fire that I had in my heart, I cannot keep for me. I mean, I, I, I wanted to, to talk with everybody and I did, I was, sometimes I cannot stop to not talk. And from that in the army, I was in, sometimes <laughs> I didn't, uh, 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 it didn't help me, you know, too, too much. Uh, but, uh, even when they sent me to, because I was in two cities and uh, when they sent me to the second city, uh, I, I, I was so convinced that, uh, that God sent me there with the letters, you know, I hear the preaching about, you know, the letters of Paul that was mm-hmm. sent all over. And I said, I will go with the letters. So the first guy that opened the gate, he says, welcome in hell. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, oh, okay, so here I have to come with the letters. And in a while, it was a hell in the beginning, really. It was mm. really, really hard there, you know. Uh, but through, 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 all, through, through all that was, was happened there, uh, uh, God was, was so, so faithful. And I, I can share the gospel with everybody there, you know. Let's go after Army. Let's go the things that have led you to this calling now in the Methodist Church. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, there wasn't like a Methodist church anywhere really in the country uh, during this time and after you got out of the army. So can you walk us through all the things that led up to you becoming a pastor in the Methodist church? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. In, um, I mean, after I came from the army, I started to work with a missionary, Matt Elliott, uh, and his, his father was a a Methodist uh, pastor. Mm-hmm. So, but he came in Romania in 96, but he came not sent by a Methodist church. He was sent by a non-denominational church. So he, uh, we met in the, in the same church that I have been baptized and he was an elder in that church. And after I came from the army, I say, I will go and take a job and then I will work. So I worked for six months. And in this time I was praying, God, I want to work full time for you. So make a way. Uh, so Matt uh, asked me if I want to be part of a team that he wants to start, you know, Romanian team. He wants to invest in them and he want to prepare for ministry. So um, I, I started to, to, to work with him and he had this crazy idea to move in the villages, in, the, in a village near Cluj uh, and to preach the gospel in all the villages around uh, the city. So that was a challenge for me. I mean, I, uh, 
you know, I, I took the challenge. So we bought a horse and a wagon and we went with the horse and, and the it's, wagon. It's very Methodist of you. Too. I was going to yeah, say, I, yeah. I didn't know about Wesley in that time. <laughs> <laughs> about Methodists and, um, and so uh, going from village to village, people always ask me what you are, you know, from what denomination mm. you are part of. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I didn't know really what to tell. I mean, people, elderly people, they don't know nothing about the charismatics. And uh, I was really uh, confused, even myself, you know, what I am, Lord. And so I went mm. home after a trip in these villages talking with these people, elderly people. And I said, I, I prayed and I said, God, if you don't tell me what I am to tell them, so I will not go back to them, you know. So you have to tell me what I am so I can tell them, you know. <laughs> So I, I prayed, I prayed, and, they, and and then the answer came. And he says, born again Orthodox. I was saying, what's that, you know? Even for me, it was, okay, I have to study more. I have to look more. What's that, you know? And 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 uh, and uh, and then I, I looked in the Bible, and it, it was so true, you know, we all need to be born from the heaven. I, I study also the Orthodox doctrine, and it's there. The fathers of the church, they speak so much about to be born from heaven. You know, the Orthodox, they don't understand born again. But when you say born from heaven, the spiritual man that has to be come to a new life, they, they understand. So I go to the team that we have and say, next time when we go in the villages, we wear crosses, we cross ourselves. We are born again Orthodox <laughs> Christians, you know. And so we went in a in a village, and uh, I have the biggest crowd ever uh, that I preach open air, you know. And I have to go to be up on, on a bench, you know, to see the crowd and to yell, you know, maybe as Wesley did once. <laughs> and uh, and I was so enthusiastic about this new vision, you know, because people received the message. They said. Oh, you are Orthodox like us. And I say, yes, we are. I mean, we all have to be right with God. We all have to be Orthodox somehow in our spirituality, you know. And so they mm-hmm. opened for me a new perspective, you know. And 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 then I I I moved in the village after Matt uh, uh, moved back to, to, to America. And then uh, in 2010, I started church inclusion. And we call ourselves born again Orthodox Christian. You know, I and and then the Orthodox tried to ask, uh, uh, start to ask me, but you are not an Orthodox priest. Why you call yourself an Orthodox? Trademark. Yeah. And, you know, I said, Lord, but this is in my heart. I am Mm -hmm. a born again Orthodox. I was raised in an Orthodox family. This is, I think, that what I have to offer to the people around me, you know. And uh, and in 2011, Matt uh, take um, uh, uh, he get in touch with the bishop from Switzerland that he's over this part of Europe, you know, in the United Methodist Church, because uh, Matt uh, joined in 2006 again a United Methodist Church, and he says it's better to link you with uh, United Methodist Church because we have so much vision and we grew and Matt. He was the only one that he was a one person that support all this vision. And he says, this is too much for me. I cannot handle because we want to plan more churches. We were in fire. We were, you know, so, so he said, you, you need more help, you know? Mm-hmm. So then in 2011, uh, the Bishop visit us and he stood with us. And for the first time, 
I come in touch with the Methodists, you know. He listened the way that we are, you know, and then our doctrine, even everything. And and she's, he said, but you are Methodist, but you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're Methodist, you just didn't know it. <laughs> That's how you guys are. Y'all just kind of, oh, you're you're one of us now. <laughs> yep, yep. And and uh, and one thing that he told us, he says, we don't want to take nothing from you. We only want to add, and because. We want. We didn't want to be put in a box, you know. And I, I always think out of the box when it's about the church. I don't do church, in, in maybe maybe like others do church. I'm I'm different in a way that I see church. You know, I, I'm I'm all doing church through the social projects to be involved in the community. The church is more in the back than in the front, you know. But by our deeds and act of love, we do church, and then. If somebody asks me, but what are you? I say, I'm also a pastor, but that's not the main thing that I'm I'm a servant, I'm a worker, I'm a counselor, I'm I'm moving in the different places, you know, working with psychologists, working in, in different areas, because I don't want to be stuck in a church. And so from 2011, we joined the United Methodist Church. And then we now, yeah, 12 years and, and also invest in another leaders. We have another two pastors and, and here, here we are. <laughs> yeah. That's an awesome story. It's incredible. I love it. Yes. And, and how it's cool, like having visited with some teams now to like, we've shared with our church multiple times, like this is a new movement, like a Methodist. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to go back in time and see yeah. probably what it was like with John Wesley and stuff when, you know, you you own this new identity and you get to see the wake of it, like kind of like on a lake or a river of just like all the different beautiful things like God uh, is placed on your hearts that you guys are participating in. And it is so cool. And there's fire, like you said. And, and Raj, you're, yeah. you're one of the bringers of that fire to the movement. And so oh. you're an invaluable piece, uh, the ministry that's going on there. And, uh, you know, I guess let's talk a little bit like of, of, of worship, um, that you guys, can you just share a little bit like, what is y'all's worship kind of like, like when we think Methodist here, we usually think pews, uh, organ music. If people have grown up in the Methodist (laughs) church, uh, can you share a little bit, what is y'all's worship service a little like? I mean, we have three different, uh, campuses, places, uh, where we, where we worship and they are all different because. Uh, here, here in, in Cluj, we are more contemporary, and uh, me also as as a pastor, you know, I, I'm more for for this uh, contemporary worship and and um, 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 not so much traditional type of of worship. Uh, so we have a worship band, and uh, uh, in in uh, Sibiu, my my colleague Christian, he was trained in the Greek Catholic seminary. He is more with uh, priestly clothes and he with liturgy. He uses a lot of liturgy and 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 this is the beauty of the Methodist mm-hmm. actually that you can you know you can be in the same body and also so much different as a church and you can express yourself and this is this is why we are here because like I said when I when I when I told Bishop hey if you take something from us you better go. <laughs> because uh, we will not conform to the Methodism of Europe. Uh, 
that is different from country to country. You know, in Hungary, it's from 120 years, in Bulgaria, Serbia, and, and other places, you know. But here in Romania, we are from 12 years, and, and it's a mix of, you know, orthodoxism and uh, Greek Catholic and and uh, Methodism and uh, why not charismatism and <laughs> yeah and and so we we like to combine you know things so uh, we uh, we have an icon in the church I cross myself with the Orthodox um, so it's 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 different in the different way that we we worship but Sunday Sunday morning we want to keep for everybody so everybody's feeling welcome here. We have Orthodox, we have Greek Catholics, we have from the charismatic that have been once or maybe. Um, and and when you say we have Methodists, yes, we have Methodists, but some of them, they, some of our members, they don't know what's Methodist really. It's, and, it's the same here. And, and yeah. We don't have a name outside Methodist. So we, we don't use the name too much. Mm-hmm. Only when people ask, okay, we are related to the Methodists, but not this is something that is our identity you know uh, our our identity it's it's different than uh, the name methodism uh, you know so we want to welcome christians and non-christians even to 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 be with us here and to hear and about the gospel and to to journey to journey together so that's why uh, my heart it has always been for the Orthodox. And now I have a few families from Ukraine, Orthodox families, that they find their place here also because uh, we are so open and, and free and, and we let them to express their spirituality even in, in our church. And they don't have to be like us. They can right. be different and, and they can still uh, be with us and, and worship with uh, with us. It sounds a lot like Vince's music. So Vince has a band and, you know, he's got some sort of, he's not one genre. It's like a fusion, if you will. And it sounds like the Methodist expression out in Romania is kind of like it a Christian, well, a Christian well, fusion. You have to come here. <laughs> yeah, Chad. When, when are you going <laughs> to? He'll be there in a few years. He will. With, um, his, with his daughters. The next trip, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I, I just think it's really beautiful to hear about how, how welcoming, um, you know, your, your church and your people are. Um, it sounds like a very loving, welcoming place. Uh, and you know, and like, like the Bishop was telling, you you know, you guys are Methodists, you just don't know it, you know, but you know, doing actually living that out and not having these, you know, you must fit this criteria, you must check off this, you know, uh, item here for you to be a part of us. I mean, but you're just saying, no, 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 Everybody is welcome. We all come together. We can we can do this even with our differences. We can celebrate and we can uh, yeah. come together and love each other. I just think that's really really powerful, beautiful. Um, you know, and I I love to uh, you know my role, uh, like Chad was saying, is as a worship pastor, uh, worship leader, uh, playing music, you know, uh, singing and uh, picking the songs and. Um, I've uh, been following this so-called contemporary Christian music, you know, movement um, mm-hmm. here in the States and kind of the world over, you know, Hillsong from, I think it's, I believe it's Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very, you know, worldwide popular songs and music. Uh, and so I just had kind of more of a specific, you know, question, just curious, really just more curious than anything um, about uh, kind of that contemporary Christian music style that you mentioned. Um, there's a lot of these songs that are very become famous, at least from from where I'm sitting, 
like oceans and you know songs of, of that nature from the hill song um, but I'm curious are, are are those songs also being translated um, into Romanian are you using them or are people kind of saying you know hey we need to we need to have our own you know expression and own identity and our, our songs being written in that style um, in your country and in your languages uh, over there so yes we we have a lots of them translated um, uh, that are this worship contemporary that you also sing in in, in America uh, and we also have others you know that uh, are maybe written by Romanians even old hymns uh, we don't use so much but time to time we we use um, some some of them they are not Methodist hymns they are uh, more orthodox evangelicals I can say because there was a, a very powerful movement in in Romania among orthodox uh, in the beginning of 20th century uh, before the World War one started and uh, it's movement called Lord's Army and they have a great great uh, 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 song uh, uh, writers that uh, they even now the evangelical church is Baptist Pentecostal. They they sing these these hymns really really powerful, like with uh, Charles Wesley for the Methodists. Yeah. It's the same with some uh, the Romanian that uh, have uh, been written these songs. Uh, but um, um, most of because we also have uh, we have a mixed in the church. We have uh, we have also missionaries from America. We have people from England. Now we have the Ukrainians. So it's very international now. Inclusion become more international, and I think that the next step is to become more like an international type of church here. Inclusion because. Cluj, it's also a university center, very cosmopolitan, uh, uh, youth uh, use English. I mean, they speak English from 12, 13 years here. They speak English. So even they love to express themselves in, in, in English. So mm-hmm. even now for, for two weeks, we have a new youth leader here with us that he's from America. Uh, that he uh, is coming to, to work here in our campus uh, with with the youth and teenagers and and uh, the youth and teenagers they they love to to have conversation in in English and to relate you know even to an uh, a young man coming from America and working working with with them uh, and so that's why we use also English even in English we sing in in English and in Romanian so we use both both languages. But we have also a Roma, a Roma church. So there they mm. and Roma churches, uh, even Hungarian Roma churches that we, we work with together and they use their own Roma music, gypsy Roma right. music. Yeah. And specific for their culture. So you have to let them to express themselves. As- That's awesome. So let's let's share a little bit about like these uh, cities and people groups that you guys serve. So you mentioned that there's three um, different Romanian pastors uh, mm-hmm. that you have there, and can you share a little bit about where they're at and who they serve, um, mm-hmm. the missions mm-hmm. they're part of there? 
Yeah, so these two pastors was with me together and uh, they have uh, in their heart to start new churches. So even if we have been only a church of 20, 25 people, um, after a time, even I felt that it's time for you to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time for you to go and, and start something new. So we sent a Christian in uh, 2013 in Sibiu. Sibiu, it's an old German city in the center of Romania. Um, and he started their church. Um, so now we have a, we purchased a building in uh, 2021, a nice building where we have our idea. It's more like when we uh, have um, a place or a church, uh, it's like a community center. The, the We have only a chapel in that building. Like here in Cluj, we have a hotel and then we have a, a campus, a social campus that we have another five or six organization that we work together. And this is only a chapel that it's it's serving, you know, all the projects and all the people that are here mm-hmm. in this community. So it's the same in Sibiu. We have a, a, we have a day center for the orphans. The orphans come there and uh, they are help, you know, also to cope with life and and also to guide them after they are out of the orphanage, you know. And and also we have our own orphanage that it's 20 kilometers out of Sibiu uh, with uh, 12, uh, 12 children. And now also we have a Ukrainian orphanage with 25 children, but that's another story. And so Christian, it's in Sibiu, and we have Samuel. Samuel, it's a half hour from the city where I am. Samuel, we will uh, re- we will uh, dedicate the building on our Easter. That is one week after your e- Easter, mm-hmm. and also we will ordain of uh, as an elder uh, Samuel. Um, he also he was trained in the Greek Catholic seminary mm-hmm. here in Cluj. Uh, and he's serving a Roma community, gypsy Roma community. So that's different. And also there we have an educational center for Roma kids because they drop school very early. And so we help them to to continue and to encouraging them to not quit uh, school. So it's it's this this different, you know, in the places that we are, but with the same heart to serve the marginalized. Uh, and to be involved a lot in the in the community, so that's that's our heart. And also, we have some churches near the border with Hungary. Um, they are not Methodist, but they are like part of us. Mm-hmm. And and we together and me, I supervise this. Uh, now there are six churches with one thousand people, one thousand members, uh, and the same. They are Roma, Gypsy, but they are Hungarian Roma. So it's it's it's. Uh, different than the Romanian to say that. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've mentioned, um, being a part of the, the orphanage and, and an after like school kind of like day center, uh, for them in Sibiu, uh, y'all are spending a lot of projects, uh, in clues. Can you share just a couple of those that are serving these marginalized communities mm-hmm. there and what they are? Yes, this was my vision in 2012. Uh, I prayed together with some people from the church and we said we don't want a church building. So God, please don't give us a church building because this we don't want that. Yeah. So we said we want a, a campus. We want a community campus. And we name everything that we have now here. 
we named the hotel, we named the conference room, we named the coffee place for the teenagers, we named the counseling center, we named so everything, you know, even. And so when we, in 2020, when uh, 2021, in the summer, we rent all this uh, hotel actually, and we transformed the hotel part, the still hotel, that it's helping us to run the projects and also to pay the the big rent that we have to have here. And but uh, my heart was to call together other uh, non-profit organization because also we are a non-profit here to say that, and also we run the church under a non-profit organization. And so uh, 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 I I. Because also in the church, we have many people that work in this field. So we said, move all your uh, administrative offices here in this building and let's support each other in, in the projects. So now we have here a project with girls that uh, go out of the orphanage and they need they need help. You know, we offer them uh, two years, a program that they can become independent and help them to put up with life. We offer counseling, they work, we help them to find work and, and, and to be, you know, to, to, to start uh, a new, a new beginning for, for them. Uh, we have this uh, uh, coffee place for youth. Uh, we have different uh, meetings for teens. We have also uh, meetings for personal development that we offer to the teenagers. Um, uh, first floor, we have uh, we offer people who uh, come for uh, oncological treatment in town because Cluj is one of the biggest oncological. Uh, uh, hospital that offer help. We offer them a room to very, very low cost because they have to stay months, maybe one month or, and they come from poor cities. So we have seven rooms that we offer for, for, for these people, um, in, uh, here. And now we run, uh, different projects for the Ukrainians. So we have a trauma project that we offer counseling and we have support groups and we have a youth center across the street to us that um, uh, there uh, the Ukrainian youth and teenagers, they can come and have music, art, dance, Romanian lesson, English lesson. And there are more than 100 uh, youth and teenagers that they have uh, every day, they have music classes and different classes and uh, they can uh, they can be also part of the community and not to be isolated you know in their places houses wow that's a uh, lot that that's <laughs> how you do church <laughs> amen i like how i like how you said you know we prayed that you know that god would not give us a church building and mm-hmm. i'm thinking about all the all the places here in the United States and situations where people are praying for, anyway, that's yeah. another discussion, but I, I love, I love this idea of what you're doing. I think that's, that is uh man, that's how you, that's how you make disciples. That's how you transform lives. That's how you show people that they're loved and that they're worthy. And that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's real tangible needs. And, um, yeah, I want I wanted to share with you quickly, Pastor, um, that uh, the other day I was at a at a store uh, here uh, nearby, and there was a 
it was very, very cold outside. This was a very cold day. And I was on my way um, from the store to my, my vehicle, to my uh, car, and I heard accordion music. It was like mm. beautiful accordion music. And I, but you know, it was like, and it was like popular songs, you know, that I was, you know, you hear on the radio. And I thought, well, where is this accordion music coming from? Because I thought it might have been like, and and from my culture, like Tejano, Latino, Mexican uh, background, you know, there's a music called uh, conjunto and cumbia that utilizes the accordion. But I could tell that the style was different, and I just was, I was like, where is it coming from? I looked on the horizon. There's this man playing accordion in the cold. Like with his jacket and you know and his and his hat he on, an, he was an angel, and he was just <laughs> and he was playing, and I just thought, and he had his little speaker, and I thought, what is going on? And I had to go and you know listen to this guy and see why is he playing in a Walmart parking lot this accordion, <laughs> and so I I went over and I listened to him. You know, oh well, first I went back into the store to get a tip for him. You know, because I'm like, hey. It's cold. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're playing. I'm going <laughs> to give you a little gift. And so I, I was able to speak to the man, uh, and he was um, uh, Romanian, but uh, Roma, right? Roma, yeah. Yeah. I knew. And I knew. You, you knew where I was going with this, yeah. <laughs> but for all of our listeners, they don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, and so I, I was trying to speak with the man, you know, and we, I, I speak Spanish, and he spoke a little Italian. And so we were talking, and then I was able, I got on the phone and was able to connect him to my friend, uh, Shervan Morcovescu, and they spoke, and, uh, and, you know, it turns out he was looking for work, and he has, you know, family here and everything, but uh, it, was, it was just a, a really cool moment of, you know, you spoke about that international, you know, um, mix that's happening in Cluj, you know, and uh, I kind of had a little mini moment of internationalism there with, uh, with, with, with this gentleman. Uh, it was really cool. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, yeah. and, and he was, a, and they're they're amazing musicians, right? I mean, the they they're are, known I mean, for being very Roma, very skilled. They don't go to a to a music school. No. They can they can play by by ear, and and, and they are great musicians. And, now, and dancers. <laughs> and dancers. So now this weekend I will be in uh, three services. Uh, I have to preach in three services there, so I will have a lots of music. <laughs> <laughs> a lot because of dancing in your future they, too. Huh? <laughs> yeah. They they have more music than preaching, so yeah. they, <laughs> well, that'll make your job easier, maybe. For two hours and preaching for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I like it. <laughs> uh, this, this wasn't on the question, but can we go into that of like the Roma and Gypsy community and how they tie in? to the history of Romania and why they are a marginalized community mm. uh, in Romania and so important to serve them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they are descendants from India. Many says that they came from, from India, you know, uh, but um, always they didn't find a place, you know, in the Eastern Europe. Um, they were always marginalized and even Ceausescu have in mind to, you know, get rid of them. And uh, even some Roma was sent uh, um, in the Second World War, they were sent in um, in uh, in Germany and they were killed, you know. When concentration the camps, was, and, yeah, yeah, along with the people, camps, yeah, Jewish people. Together with Jewish, uh, many Jewish was sent also from Romania uh, and, also, and also Roma was sent. 
Um, so, uh, I mean, through through the years, uh, I mean, Romanians marginalized them also, and uh, they 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 are more localized outside of the cities, uh, in in the in the villages where they can uh, cope with life because there they have maybe a, a small house, but they have wood from the forest that they can, you know, they can make a, a fire and, and uh, but they are not so much, too much possibility for work for them. And, and, and also because if a Romanian of, of a, or a Roma a gypsy go for an interview, always the Romanian is the one that have the job mm. and uh, lots of prejudice against them. Um, and then also because some of them, yes, they were learned that they don't have to work. They live by social, but, uh, many of them, they are integrated in the communities, you know? So what we try to do is to invest in the new generation. We see that with, uh, with, uh, generation 40 plus it's, it's hard to work, but we work and there are there are transformed communities all around so what we what we now uh, experience in this roma um, um in this roma hungarian villages it's a revival hmm. it's it's village after village after we cannot put up uh with what happened there uh, there are so many churches there about it's no leadership so we have one roma pastor that there that i work with with him and now i try to invest there are now 20 new leaders there that time to time I take them here in Cluj at the hotel and uh, I give them a break for a weekend. I feed them and also I give them the word of God and I invest I invest in them. Um, but there are it's real transformation what God is doing among Roma all over. It's a it's a revival that is spread in Eastern Europe through the Roma. It's amazing what's yeah. happened in other countries also. And so God, it's it's he didn't forget about them, and uh, and they they when they come to the Lord, they are mm -hmm. some of them they are very very serious in their faith, and in the way that they express their faith. But it needs also a lots of patience with with them, and then and also to to invest in education because that can be you know the their ticket out of mm -hmm. these villages. If uh, we can uh, invest in their education, you know that they can they can also be part of the of the society. I, I think it's really beautiful and appropriate that you know you you talked about you you didn't want a building, but uh, mm -hmm. but the first ever Methodist church building is being built mm -hmm. in a Roma yes. community, and yeah. and I think that's the most beautiful <laughs> statement to mm -hmm. make as mm -hmm. people of faith mm -hmm. that this is who Christ is for. And Pastor yeah, Sam and it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful building in a village, not mm -hmm. in a city. Mm -hmm. And 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 this Roma, they didn't have a church because in that village was only Orthodox church, and the priest didn't let them to come in that church. And they don't feel good with the Orthodox spirituality. Mm -hmm. They they are mm -hmm. more free, you know. You have mm -hmm. to let them to express themselves in the Orthodox church. You cannot express yourself only in the way that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, the priest told you to express. So uh, it's so nice now that it's it's a gift for them because Samuel has been outside with them for five years. They have church outside in, in rain, in snow, mm -hmm. 
and, and God of and God now give them a so nice building where kids can come and play and 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 be together and 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 really it's the faithfulness of Samuel that invests so much in in this in this community there. Yeah, Chad, Chad has uh, spoken to me about, and one of the things that uh, his group does when uh, he comes over with uh, his teens and teens from here is working um, with the orphanages, uh, orphanage that uh, you guys are uh, working with and partnering with. And, uh, you know, it's just, it just um, further evidence, you know, that you, you take this call to taking care of the marginalized uh, and the, the, the lost and the broken so seriously and to take care of the, the orphan. Um, could you talk a little bit about, you know, some, for some of us over here and our listeners that don't understand, um, what are some of the systemic issues that have caused there to be so many orphans, uh, you know, in Romania? Uh, and what kind of projects uh, are you doing to try to, to help alleviate some of those issues and problems? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one one of the issue is that these uh, these kids they they come from these Roma communities, and because they are poor communities, you know they you know they they uh, they do a lots of kids and they cannot they cannot grow grow them up. So some of them they are sent to the to the orphanages. So it says the statistic that ninety percent of the orphans of Romania they they come from the this Roma Roma family. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this is a chance for them because many of them they realize if they were left in these families they have no chance. Mm-hmm. And because these orphanages are in the big cities, with this come opportunities, you know, because you can go to school and the government, you know, support, you know, the uh, the education of these kids, even if they want to go to the university, they they support them and 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 they can they can finish even a, a university. And we have many examples of of these kids, you know, from our we have also a private orphanage. Uh, that we we care for for this orphanage and we have a, a family there a christian family uh, and and that's even even a, mo- a more blessing because in in the in the governmental uh, orphanages there are more than 12 uh, but they have good conditions they are 15 18 in an orphanage but uh, they don't have this care as we offer them because here they have the support of the church of a pastor of a family that is there all the time with them and, and carry for and carry for them and and so also we have a project called soul families it's a mentorship program that we find uh, families from the community that they can journey with these kids for one two three years and they become you know like their uh, uh, soul, um, soul family they are not adopted but uh, they are close with them. They can take them out. They can go with them in the holiday. They can go to their house and and everything. It's it's in the protected way. <laughs> you know, it's not mm-hmm. that we give the kids to everybody. They yeah. have to go through some checkings. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But there is a very good program, and and those kids that has been in these families, they succeed very well. 
um, and they 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 receive the support that they need. And also we have this program here with these girls that we we help them uh, after because um, after they are 18, they can go out, they can stay in two more years, but if they go to school, they can stay until they are finished with the university. Uh, but for those they don't continue the university and they want to go out, they don't have where we offer them, you know, this place here in uh, in the campus in Cluj, uh, in the hotel uh, that they have a room and they can work. Also, they can work here with us time to time and help us to the hotel or they can have another job outside of the of our place. And some they continue the girls, they continue with with the school. And when the team from um, from your church is coming, usually we have our national camp. Uh, it's a it's a camp for youth and families. That what we also bring the orphans, so they experience you know what it is to be part of a community, and uh, and we give them this time you know that they can enjoy you know uh, uh, to be out in a nice place and and to be among you know uh, Christians and also to experience God in this in these camps. Yeah, Man, that's awesome, and, and it's very very powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any stories of <clears throat> some of these orphans who you've served coming back around and you know using their experience of going through the system and coming out, you know, for the better, uh, and giving that to some of the younger uh, orphans that are coming through and being a part of these projects? Do you have some some stories of uh, teens that way? Yes, yes, we have, we have. It's it's interesting to see them that some of them, they are, you know, uh, they are in troubles and then suddenly they come back and they ask for help, you know, and, and we have these testimonies, you know, of, of, the, of the teens, of the kids, that because many of them, they grew with us, you know. And, and, and time to time when they go, you know, in the hard times, they call me and they say, hey, please come and help or I need help, you know. And, and, and uh, even now we have Danny, um, you know, Danny, maybe it was many Danny, but one of the Danny. Danute? Uh, <coughs> Danutes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and he has been in drugs and, and, and in, in many, many other bad things. And, and now he's in a rehabilitation center where he found God. And, and, and he wrote to me and, and he is changed. He's transformed by God. You know, he's, he's reading his Bible. He's one, he wants to preach. He wants to, you know, that, uh, and, and always, I, I know that Danny, he was always coming to me when he was in trouble and he stayed with me and, 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 and said that I want to be changed. I want to be changed, but he have no power. To, to do that but but now being in this center uh uh he was away of his friends and 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 really uh uh god caught him and and he's on a on a good track yeah that's cool um you know we've we've had a couple of uh our teams that go through the youth program and it's cool to have them on my leadership team now like the the ministries that were important to them, they want to give back. They This was an important space for them. And so they're creating that same space for younger teens now. And it's one, it reminds me, I've been here a long time. Um, but two, it's also, it's a, it's a joy. It's like, Oh, you're, you're an adult now. This is weird <laughs> to kind of talk to him that way. It's kind of fun. 
Um, <laughs> so we've had a chance to, um, you know, partner with you guys on, on two different trips. Now we came out there in 2017 and, you know, did some of the camp and worked with a lot of these projects that, that you're doing. And, um, and it was, it was incredible. Um, so our idea, you know, there's, there's this whole idea of like, um, white savior when it comes to international mission trips of, you know, something being created just for a week, uh, for these team teams to come in and be the heroes and preach the gospel and say, look how good we are. Look what we did. And, you know, <clears throat> our mission, our goal was never to be like that is to truly learn what these ministries are you're doing and just come alongside you guys and just yeah. offer a support role uh, when we yeah. come over there. And so can you share a little bit about, you know, what uh, our teams do with you guys and, and how it's helpful uh, to send these teens and these adults um, from America to be a part of your ministries for those that week that we come? Yeah. Yeah, well, what we appreciate it uh, to your team and not only me, but all, all the others when they hear about Texas team, they are, yes, they come <laughs> down. Uh, and this is because Texas you are, yeah. yeah. Not because you are from Texas, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Totally is. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> uh, but you have been very intentionally, and 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 uh, you came here to serve, and, and we saw that, you know. Like you said, you have not, you didn't come here to be heroes, and you go with stories back. You you have been you came here very prepared and and you you know that last year from the airport we bring you direct you in the camp and oh we gosh. put you to work. <laughs> yep, yep. Also, we didn't give you too much time to rest, and and this is because we knew your heart. We know your heart. We know that you are here to serve, you know, and and not to have a nice holiday. Mm -hmm. And yes, we have good time. We have also time that we are going and visit the castle of Dracula or other places. <laughs> uh, there's time for that also. But <laughs> what we we appreciated that you came along with us and we we don't create and this is my 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 way of doing things. I don't create things for teams. The teams has to come and help me in my work. If they cannot help me in my work, it's better for them to not come. Mm -hmm. When the war starting with Ukraine was so many teams from America say, we want to come, we want to mm -hmm. come. I say, no, it's not time for that. You, you will take a lot from my energy and my time, and I don't have time for this. Yeah. I'm here to serve the Ukrainians and the logistic and everything for a team to come here and to prepare everything will take my focus from the Ukrainians and what I have to do. And I say, sorry, some maybe they were upset with me, but I say, sorry, we don't need you. We have enough people here to help us. We have volunteers. We have people to it's no it's no place for such you know but with these camps with these uh, projects that we have uh, your your team it has been amazing and 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 even after years youth and people they still think about you know the the team from from Texas because uh, sometimes we compare also teams you know and and we saw that with some uh, you need uh, 3 days uh, in camp only to accommodate you know, with your team, they come, they were boom, direct, you know, even if they don't know the language, they go to the youth, 
they start conversation, they try, and it's not, they are not here for themselves. They are here for the others to serve, you know. And this is what I, I appreciate a lot of, of the teams that came with, with you, Chad. And, and it was amazing, amazing teams uh, that we wanted to have them every year, but yeah, not <laughs> <possible>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Rarish. And, and lastly, I know, I know this is like, you know, your proximity to Ukraine and you, you touched on this a little mm-hmm. bit, like you, Romania is affected by this, this war. And so can you, you know, our listeners are, are probably very curious to hear like, wh- how has that affected you? What have you seen and and taking on refugees and uh, and mixing them with your your community and your ministry. Can you share a little bit about you know? I mean, this we celebrated like the one year. Well, celebrated. I don't know about we, celebrating. Right, sorry, wrong word. We <laughs> remember the one year anniversary just last yeah. week or whatever. And, yeah. and can you share a little bit we, about we what we that also is? Had, uh, Friday we had here uh, hmm. a prayer uh, in 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 our chapel here with uh, also with pastors from uh, uh, from uh, Ukraine that they came from Romania uh, and others that we we have been a great time of prayer we have been in um, so close to the Ukrainian war God bless us so much so much so much I mean every need that we ask you know it was you know fulfilled by God uh, we have been able to help uh, with uh, humanitarian help, uh, more than three hundred thousand dollars through through wow. what we send. We send generators. We send medicine. We send equipment, medical equipment to to three hospitals, military hospitals. So we were we were there with everything. We host more than two hundred Ukrainians in our hotel. Uh, not with only we host them. I mean, we feed them. We stay with them. We cry with them. We pray with them. We we suffer with them, you know, in in all this uh, in all this process. We also have a house for the mothers with children that we rent, uh, and 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 we will be able to help because you know um, uh, the men's they have not been allowed, you know, under sixty to go out, and so there will be a lots of women with children with babies, you know, that mm. think about they drive uh, two three days they stood in, uh, at the border maybe one day with children waiting to cross you know the border to romania so mm. it has been a a very hard time and 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 but now it's a little bit things are come uh, come down i mean we in romania we are in a safe place we go to ukraine i go to ukraine in the western part uh, bringing the humanitarian to the shelters because most of the shelters are in the western part mm-hmm. i'm at three hours from the from the border and five hours to the city where we go every month to a shelter and 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 bring uh, hum- uh food there for for the people um, and uh, so uh, we are in a safe place and we can really help and support the Ukrainians. So we have now project with youth. We have this campus community center for the youth here close to us. And, and we have a, a project for trauma. We, uh, we train uh, 15 psychologists that will offer, uh, they will uh, do support groups for for mom for mothers for 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 children for youth um and so um some of them they are part now i mean they come to church the orthodox ukrainians like i said they they find a, a place here and and even we help them to start businesses 
uh, and to have jobs. We have now six, we have employed six Ukrainians to our organization. Um, and, and, and God really in, in show us how much he loved these this people and these nations. God really fight for them. I, I, I can tell you, it's amazing. It's miracle after miracle after miracle that we and people confess this. And, and, mm-hmm. and Ukrainian are strong people, are very strong people and faithful people. And, and, and uh, if you pray with them, it's like you are changed. <laughs> wow. Wow, you are changed, you know, and and you can see how how God fights for them. It, it's 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 God really. It, it's on their side. I I can say that. Mm, mm. And even though, like you, uh, you know, you say that it's you know calm down. Maybe that means that there's more systems in place to kind of help the aid yes. to pass through. And but there's still tons of aid that are needed, right? There's still lots. I mean, money is needed, lot. and lots lot. of things uh, are still. Every, every month, I receive a request. Every month, every mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. from the hospitals, from the. So we as an organization. We have been involved a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. But what it's amazing that every need that came to us, God was faithful. Every need. Mm-hmm. It was no need to say that we cannot. I mean, everything that came to us, we came in prayer and God provided. Well, you know, not, and I think, Chad, we're, we're, you guys are gearing up for this summer, correct? Yeah, uh, we're to going go back. To go back. Uh, and, um, there is a great, uh, there's a group that's going to be preparing to, to go and visit you again, pastor. Uh, but not, there's, there's not, you know, not everybody can go, you know, on this trip. Um, and for those that, uh, that aren't going this year, but maybe we'll be going sometime soon. Um, and for others that are moved, uh, by your story and, and your mission, uh, what are some ways that we can help, uh, support you now? You know, what are some projects and some ways that we can get in touch with you and your organizations, uh, you know, maybe to offer money or to, you know, offer other other forms of assistance or support. Uh, can you tell us how we can get in touch with you and your communities and the projects that you're doing and pursuing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, uh, there are, because we, we also want to help the Ukrainians here that are moved here. Many of them, they lost their houses uh, in Ukraine and they will stay here. And we realized that after two months, when the war started, we realized that we have to plan for long term. That's why we opened this camp community center for youth, so they can have a place that they can come and feel, you know, restored and home, and they can have a normal life, you know, and 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 uh, uh, thinking for jobs, thinking for businesses, how we can support businesses and and when they start and and, and everything. Uh, and, and so we try also to, to navigate, you know, between, you know, helping the Ukrainian there and helping the Ukrainian here, because also here it's, it's a big, it's a big need. So, I mean, uh, now we are, um, uh, with, uh, with this, uh, building that we offer, we have, uh, the costs that we have, there are $3,000 per month with the rent. And we have four Ukrainian employees there, musician, art and dance and, and a coordinator there that it's, uh, and we had, a, we had the money until the end of the March 
for for this project so uh, even now the professor is asking us hey we will continue and we said that yes we will continue but now we have to see from where we have the money mm -hmm. to to continue so we this is a, a need that maybe you can also pray we pray also and we try to also to find help to the local mayor office to see if they can help with some money or or in other places because now there are more than 100 kids and youth that they come here and they have uh, they have activities here and they enjoy the place and it's it's like their place you know and and will be so sad to say that oh we have to close and mm -hmm. we have no money and and but uh, mm -hmm. I I think that God will will provide the the money needed for for the rent and everything that is there. So that's that's the because we each country uh, we have an advanced number that is on the United Methodist uh, uh, okay. website, mm -hmm. general, and it's Emission Together. It's the program, and then so if you go to Emission Together, you look for Romania, mm -hmm. click Romania, and there it's the you'll see a real uh, a real old thumbnail of Pastor Raj when he's first getting becoming a pastor in Romania. So if you want to really go back to the origin story, you can see a little yeah. picture of it. <laughs> He's, he's carrying the weapons so of his you, former. If you yeah. and you and you put Ukraine, then the money will come for Ukraine to, okay. to us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome, yeah. man. Man, Ryers, thank you for giving us so much time today, yeah. and just I love just hearing the menu of the ways <laughs> that God is moving in Romania, moving in your community. And like, every time I talk to you, I just want to run through a brick wall and be like, what do you want me to do, Rars? Let's do it. Yeah, we can do this. <laughs> so you're an amazing leader. Mm -hmm. You are definitely the man called uh, for to spin mm -hmm. all these different uh, projects. And uh, it's beautiful to watch. And I just want you to know that we continue to pray for you guys. And uh, we'll be a part of this for, for the long haul as well. And so thank you for all the different ways that you're serving and, and for hopping on the, the podcast to, to share with our community. Thank yeah. you for for inviting me, and I want to let the parents of the the student that will come in the summer that it's safe place Romania. We had teams until now, and 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 no worries. Um, so they will uh, they can they will be in a in a safe uh, place. <laughs> awesome, amen. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. It was such it was such an honor and pleasure to, to speak with you today, and I look forward to meeting you in person uh, sometime soon. So me too. Yeah. That was an awesome interview with Pastor Rarish, and there is there's so much that he gave us, and it was just I know of all this stuff, you know, haven't been there, and I was just excited to share that with you, Vince. Yeah, I mean, we say that was an awesome you know interview every time, and they really are. Every every person we talk to has a unique story and uh, you know wonderful things to share. Uh, but golly, you know, I, I think, uh, I was thinking earlier, you know, listening to Pastor Rarish talk, um, and all the projects that he has going on. And, you know, I can't, I couldn't help but think that he kind of exuded that same kind of inspiration, you know, inspirationalness. That's a word. That's a word I'm going to use. <laughs> that, that same type of, uh, you know, spirit that, uh, President Zelensky, 
yeah. of Ukraine kind of had. And I almost felt like, oh, I, I think I met, could have met President Zelensky just now, like just hearing him talk. I mean, it was very inspirational, very powerful. He's got the charisma that, moving. that just like, you just want to run through a wall for him. Like when he lays out a vision or a plan, you're like, yeah. let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you, you get the feeling like, okay, we can do it. You know, we can do anything, you know, do anything to Christ who strengthens me. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. he's got a zeal for, for uh, that he hasn't lost since the early days of his faith, you know, and his calling. And it's, it's infectious. Yeah. And it's rare too. Like, you know, if you've, been in Christianity or had, I mean, we all come to Christ in different ways, but if you came to one where you're like, you were on fire for a little bit, you remember that. You remember like, I just want to read my Bible every day. I just want to, I want to share with everybody about Jesus. I wanted to. Why did you go into the accent just now? Well, because yeah. the Bible belt, it's kind of a, you know. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, that was Vince. That was, really, really was me. <laughs> that wasn't Hank Hill. That was Vince. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you, re- you remember yeah. like being like what uh-huh. we call on fire uh, and, you know, Having worked with Ryers before, like he's still like I've seen him interact with other people. I've seen him mm-hmm. like uh, preach, and when he still has that same like almost like just joy and fervor and like laser vision of like this is my goal, this is my heart, and just has it every time. And it's it's rare. It's a beautiful quality in a leader. Like, mm-hmm. it's why you would run through a wall for him, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, it's genuine and it's pure. And, uh, and it, yeah, it is it is cool to hear and see. I got that sense just hearing him tell that quick um, anecdote about the, oh, the, the young man who kind of was always calling him, mm-hmm. you know, for help and such and wanting to be around him. To yeah. almost get that, you know, you know, get some of that to rub off, you know, on him. And eventually, you know, it wasn't only just that, but, you know, that God and him, you know, linked up and he's, he's uh, doing a lot better and, be, and becoming a new person, you know. And uh, a lot of that was through the way that uh, Pastor Rarish was able to, to exude that welcoming and that love of Christ, you know, and radical, radical hospitality, radical love, you know. Yeah, which we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, before this of just how the thing that struck out to me was when he was talking about planning the church and as things were coming along that the priority wasn't the building. He said he didn't want a building. Mm-hmm. He said, I want, I want a community center, you know, a space to do all this ministry from. And then we'll like worship was like an auxiliary thing, like this will be our expression. Like if if we want to come to worship on Sunday, that's fine. But the main thing is how are we meeting the tangible needs of the people around us? Who's the church we are? Where's the church right here and everywhere? And and he's absolutely living that out. Yeah. All the people in that community are. And, and having like been there and seen this, like the hotel that they're in, Mm. like, uh, it literally is just one room for worship. And if you go to worship on a Sunday, you might see like 20, 30, it's really hopping, maybe 40 people there. Um, (laughs) But you you heard Pastor Raj, you list list out all the different ways, points of impact that he and his teams and these other pastors are a part of <clears throat> coming from like that aspect of just of a community rallying, how can we meet tangible needs? That's our heart. That's the church. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. It's not the not the thing on Sunday and then we go from there. It's how do we meet all these tangible needs? And then we worship as second, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jesus uh, puts out that example by performing his first miracle at a party, 
at a wedding, <laughs> wedding at Cana. Turns that water into wine, boy, you know, it, that wine started flowing and the party started going. There's accordions. <laughs> There's probably like yeah. some dancing. Get some gypsy music going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> some Roma people dancing. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I mean, th- I mean, but that's it, right? I think God, um, uh, you know, the, the, the teaches us uh, and we learn that uh, love is, you know, meets us where we're at. You know, mm-hmm. like we and we we're, we're we're served where we're at. Um, God meets us there. Um, needs needs are met, and they're doing that in that community. It's really powerful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of sitting with it, just going, "Wow!" All these things, like you said, that they're doing, and I think you were telling me too, like, because I get the sense, man, they must have like hundreds of people like doing all this work, and you no. were saying, no, it's it's like. You know, there's those people they have for worship. There's core people, um, you know, of any of any church, and they're spending a lot of things. But um, what you see is like as people, like they in their city, like they're on radio, they're on, they do TV spots with them. Like they are so active in their community that like people come along and they like, oh, this is what I have to offer. Oh, I'm so inspired by the work you're doing. Um, that, hey, I own a pizza place, like, let me provide pizza for all your teens, like, for the next week or two. Let me, uh, oh, I got, like, a car dealership. Oh, somebody needs, like, a vehicle that just broke down, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's all these things that they pray specifically for. Like, they get to witness God just, like, moving in their community and meeting these needs, whether it be people, whether it be tangible things. Like, it's just crazy, crazy story after crazy story of just, like, God continually uh, being active over there. And they get to see it and be inspired by it. And I think that's what probably fuels a lot of those people to keep doing the ministry they're doing is they get to see like really fruitful work and like a lot of times hands of God kind of being on some stuff and be like, oh yeah, this is, this is important work. God's mm-hmm. kind of blessing this thing. That's always encouraging. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we talk about radical hospitality, um, meeting the needs, uh, welcoming everybody, excluding no one, you know, like. That that seemed to be a, 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 an over you know arching theme you know throughout just welcoming everybody you know wherever they're at uh, no matter what their uh, expression of faith is mm-hmm. um, to just allow them to become a part of the community let them know hey you're loved you're welcome here um, we're gonna you know what do you need you need a meal you know you need a place to rest your head. Um, you know, it's all of these just ways that they are, uh, like you said, touching the, the community in, in, in immediate ways. And then and then extending that hospitality even further by saying, you know, you're free to express, uh, you know, he, he mentioned several times expressing their spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, in the way that they are and whatever the culture they're from, the language that they're from and seeing, um, you know, and they've had this relationship with the Roma people, you know, gypsy people of Romania and now uh, Ukrainians coming in and each having coming from their own rich traditional spiritual backgrounds and language and culture and music and food. And, you know, it, it's a very, uh, you know, it's very ecumenical in that way. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's coming together and sharing and bringing what they have. Um, we So when we had to camp there a few years ago, we got to see this like in a real tangible form when, you know, the, the camp we go to, it's not just like Rarish's like church and group. He talked about the soul families. They're there. Uh, he talked about Pastor Christian and Sabu, uh, and that's like a totally different city, um, about like two or three hours away, and they come with their orphanage. Um, 
there's the orphanage there in Cluj. There's the Gypsy and Roma uh, community from the villages that are right outside of Cluj. And they we all come together and mix with the Americans. Like, it is... It's party. It's it, international. Yeah. It's it's like fully come as you are. We're gonna put all these people together and see <laughs> oh, <man>. what happens. <laughs> wow. And and uh, one of the nights we did a talent show, uh, and so people could bring music. People sang. People some play, people played instruments. There was there was dancing, and I'll never forget. Like we got mm. close to the end. And uh, a couple of the kids, they're the youngest ones there at camp, and they're from the Roma, the Gypsy Village. And it because it's so, like, prejudiced, you know, they're aware of who they are in the midst of a lot of Romanians around them. And they did a very vulnerable thing of putting on their own Gypsy music and then dancing. Uh, <clears throat> I remember I was sitting next to uh, one of the Romanians. It's like, oh, it's, it's Gypsy music. It's Gypsy dancing. And for them, it's kind of like a little joke. So by the They're end, coming. by the end of them uh, dancing, like the whole place is like clapping and participating and like had just lifted up their expression that they were vulnerably sharing to the point where they ended up winning the whole, it was a competition apparently. I didn't know there was going to be a winner at the end, but they ended up winning. And so fully living into this, you can express yourself as you are. Not only that, not only can you just express it, we also Acknowledging it, it and celebrating honor it. Honor it, yeah. Honoring it. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh man, it was, it was beautiful. Those kids were hyped. Uh, we went and saw them later on the week. They just were like so full of just energy and courage. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see. That is amazing. No, it, it really is. Uh, I, I just think that uh, any time, and it, se- it, always, it just seems like it's really miraculous. That's the word, I'm gonna, you know, it, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you were saying, let's put all these people in a room and see what happens. And you're kind of nervously chuckling. And I'm thinking, Tower of Babel, anyone? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. the last time that happened, <laughs> everybody went their separate ways. And mm-hmm. uh, But to have this kind of, you know, uh, people speaking in tongues quite literally, but mm-hmm. yet still learning how to come together and celebrate each other, honor each other. Um, man, it is truly inspiring and uplifting and gives a lot of hope you know, spreads a lot of love around for sure. It's, it's a cool thing to see these very different things reconcile. And I feel like the same thing happens in us a lot too. And we're like on our own, coming from our own different backgrounds, our own socioeconomic things, our own, you know, whatever streams of denominations you've been involved in, uh, growing up, like we are trying to reconcile these, these things as well. We heard in Pastor Raj's story of him, like, like, God, what am I? <laughs> you know, I need to be able to tell these people, what am I? You know, mm-hmm. of like finding our identity in these different denominations. And I, I just really liked that, the idea of, of that intentional exploration of like trying to find out what, you know, you are, but also just, this is what I believe and moving, <clears throat> you know, through life and through all the different stuff with that. And in America, like there's like, it's like a menu of like, we can have whatever you want, like, denominationally everything exists and so navigating that feels i think overwhelming sometimes uh i mean yeah it can uh, especially if you're kind of you're checking faith out giving it a try but no we're not ending Ding! soon <laughs> but um yeah especially then and i think too though um you know we we kind of we we gravitate or we're around kind of what we know or around what we're familiar with or born into or what's kind of within easy reach. Um, 
And that's not to say that, you know, learning and practicing and, you know, maintaining a faith life, you know, is easy or, or that it comes easy or whatever. But, uh, you know, you, 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 like I, you know, I grew up as, as Catholic. I was born into a, a Catholic family and we were practicing Catholic. And so that's, and then it wasn't until, you know, later, like, like in high school years of kind of being around other denominations of the Christian faith and meeting other people and kind of seeing how they do things and going to different services and kind of seeing what that's all about. Um, you know, but it, it, it also, for me, I think it helped to strengthen and help me to explore and understand better, you know, the, the way that I was expressing my spirituality through Catholicism um, at that time. And, and uh, I was able to, to learn a lot more and, and kind of dive a lot deeper uh, because of the richness of, you know, the difference, uh, the variance around me, mm-hmm. you know, and I was really getting a chance to explore those other things. Um, did you, you ever, know. did you ever have like the feeling of like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> once you claimed like Catholicism as your identity, do you ever have the, the feeling of like when you encountered something different or other of it being a threat? Uh, I, I felt threatened. I, de- I felt there were times where I felt, um, like the oddball, um, you know, uh, uh, so I guess in that way, perhaps, you know, th- or challenged, like, well, how, how do you even know you're a Christian? <laughs> oh, no, right. Yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of, uh, there's some that, uh, that don't think that Catholics are Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, wrestling with that and learning about that and trying to see, well, well what do, you know, how do I, you know, the apologetics is a big word, you know, they used to describe, yeah. you know, how to defend your faith and all this, but really learn, just learning, like, okay, well, what is it that I believe and what, what am I, what am I trying to do here? You know, like Pastor Rush was saying. Um, and so f- for me, that was a part of that kind of, yeah, that exploration phase and learning phase, right? Yeah. I was, I was more of an experiential learner. Like I didn't, reading something on a page of what this faith is and going to a worship service and being a part of the community was something very different. And so my high school and college years, I went to like Bible churches. I went to Pentecostal churches. I tried, you know, the, all the different swings of Methodism that that exist around college station <clears throat> and like home to home, like kind of churches, but I didn't even know what they, what church they were part of. I mean, there's just a group of people. And, uh, and so for me, it was like, I was just testing out all these waters and I eventually came back like once I'd experienced everything. I was like, you know, I, I, I'd really do like Methodism kind of came back to where I originally started from where my grandma was kind of raised and we kind of dipped our toe in when we were younger and, and landed there as, as a, as a choice, but having experienced all those different other denominations for me, it opened up my, my heart and my perspective to be like, Oh, we are on the same team. Like we may believe like we can argue about, you know, baptisms or who, whatever, all the different arguing points there are between dominations. But, uh, the main thing was like, I, I didn't see them as opposition or competition. They became like partners in the community. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, yeah. I have the same feeling. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's a, that's a hard switch for some people. Like if you've grown mm-hmm. up like only this, it almost feels like a team, like a tribal, like it kind of feels like everything else is other or a threat, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's what Jesus was setting out to do when he was, uh, you know, doing his ministry thing. Definitely not acts. <laughs> Definitely not acts of the apostles, right? Like, yeah. But experiencing <laughs> How do we thing- bring all these different people together? And yeah. Yeah. But ex- experiencing like different expressions uh-huh. of, of spirituality that, you know, we, we, we hear from Rarsha's story 
that we just, you'll naturally experience as you travel and, and go like it is, it opens your mind and it's okay. Like if, if that feels threatening to you, it's okay. Just hear that, you know, from us that maybe, uh, and maybe not, I don't know. I'd say I use challenging, you challenging know, or stretching. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it can in some cases feel threatening. Yeah, like being uh, religiously discriminated against or whatever, you know. But yeah, I think stretching or being challenged and being questioned to what you, yeah, like, so what is it, you know, like, and do you know, and do you, or do you have an inkling or do you know where to go to even ask to try to find out, you know, yeah, the answers to that? We, it, I always get kind of like side glances whenever we go visit like the Muslim mosque or a Buddhist temple for some of our confirmation experiences and, and I do that really intentionally, and I know it's uncomfortable. I, it, that's the point. Right. That's the point. Is, right. is, 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 it is uncomfortable, and your faith is going to be okay. And it's okay if it's in like a little bit of a, of a doubt or if this feels weird. It feels like sometimes you need that off-kilterness to help you land on something firm. You know, when we get thrown and kind of like things get tossed up in the air, um, you know, sometimes that's our best chance to explore and kind of really look inward and be like, oh, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I, for me. That's the intention of the, a lot of those experiences. And and we see those people aren't threatening. Yeah, I was going to say it's not it's not threatening for them to be in their own you know living out their mm-hmm. own spiritual expression. Uh, you know, and sometimes it can be it can be affirming to see that, and also inspirational Absolutely. to see that. Oh wow, this this person. Okay, yeah, they really they're really faithfully practicing this you know this faith this this spiritual expression and. It can it can inspire you to do the, to do something similar, you know, yeah, do and, the same. And it, what's always cool is like seeing like where the slim similarities are, right, in our faith and other different faiths too. You know, yes. of like, oh, they're committed to loving people too. Oh, they're committed to praying for others too. Like, we we all we agree on a lot more than uh, I think that what's right. painted out there. Yes, of our disagreements, and that's always there's some revelations that always come from that too. I've just seen the similarities, and it is. It's always beautiful. And I, okay, so this is something we've been kind of exploring together. We still haven't ironed this out, but like there are so many different organizations and injustices and places to serve and give gifts and like talents. And, and I think sometimes it feels really uh, overwhelming, especially if you're somebody who like has a very compassionate heart and soul. Like every time you hear, like of somebody hurting or suffering, like you just want to give and go there and do the thing. And, and I don't have like the, the answer. I just have what, like what we do as a family when it comes to like, how do you, uh, how do you give like your time and your money and sort out where you give it? Like if you're looking for the right place, that doesn't exist. Like I, for me, I think it's like sometimes God puts things on your heart and you give in a moment. Like sometimes those things happen for us, for, for me and Abby, we've like talked really intentionally of like what to do with our budget and our money. And we're able to like support uh, one of the ministries that are out there in Romania and the, the Gypsy Village of helping get them some education so that they can, you know, have a better opportunities for them later on. That's the thing that moved kind of us when we went on a visit a couple of years ago. But then there's also like things you give time to. Like for me, my life has been given to these teens. Like that's what, that's for me, that's the calling I've kind of tried to answer. And sometimes it's, um, you know, spending a weekend, uh, with an elderly lady who just can't repair her home on her own. Right. And that situation moves me and I, I have something to give. I have, I can do some manual labor still. Right. And so 
there's all these different ways of which you can give and, and like, trying to figure out the, ba- I guess this is what I'm after is like the mm. boundaries of like mm-hmm. saying yes to all these opportunities. Like, how do you sort those out? Like, how do you, what to say yes to and what to say no to or apathetically ignore, which <laughs> I do sometimes too. <laughs> well, and because it's so overwhelming, right? People are like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm doing good just to focus on what I got, you know, around me and my immediate, you know, sphere of influence, be it that my, you know, my significant other or my family or, you know, immediate family, that kind of thing or family. And, and that can be, and that's all fine and good. Like it's yeah. all good. You know, um, I think that, um, like you're saying, I think there's, uh, a responsibility perhaps that we have, you know, um, that if, you know, if you're in a position to do above those kind of immediate, you know, needs and concerns and, you know, you're able to, then, yeah, I think it's really wise, like you and Abby, to talk, you know, about what kind of things, you know, you want to be able to be a part of and share and more time and more, you know, more money kind of above and beyond. Um, you know, Charity and I do that same thing. Um, there may be, you know, a couple or a, you know, or a mother, expectant mother or somebody, you know, somebody that we come across or elderly, you know, people or whatever. I mean, there's different, there's just different opportunities, you know, to serve and things to get involved with. Um, and then there are seasons, I think too, of like, you know, you're, you're helping out a, a, an organization or this group for this mm, season. Yeah. You know, I think that's one way to look at it too. Um, it is hard to look at so many, like you say, the missions or injustices that are exist throughout the world and pick, you know, help them all, you know, or, you know, and like, I think, yeah, like you say, cool, focus on one, but maybe, you know, there could also be seasons, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're feeling called or led to, to help in a, in a certain area for a certain time, you can, and then to let that go and not feel guilty, you know, if you're being oh, called to, yeah. you know, to do something like, else. I do care about the else. Turkey earthquake victims, but I, uh-huh. I'm not giving, you know, <laughs> and Sometimes, or like when you're at the checkout line, do you want to donate a dollar to the uh, whatever foundation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always say no. This Is this too transparent? I always say no. I always do. do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because because <laughs> I know that, because I in my mind, in my heart, I'm like, this is what I feel like I've been called to give, like consistently. Like, this is where I'm giving yeah, this time. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. If somebody said, or, you know, which they won't, nobody, you know, but... Yeah. If somebody was to say, "Well, what what are you giving to? What are you giving to?" Well, then yeah. I you know I can I can talk about that and we mm-hmm. can have this conversation. You know. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's. But I think I think there there should be a giving part of our life because God has given us maybe not always financial like stability, mm-hmm. but we do mm-hmm. always have mm-hmm. like a gift thing, right? That that we have, and so whether it is of music, whether mm-hmm. it is of uh, reading to children, like you, that's just like your jam. Or, you know, they're, they're the beauty of guys. There's so many expressions uh, within all of us that we have to offer and to give. And I think that's the important part is that we do find a way to give. Find a way to give. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's something I holy agree. about it and that in the transaction of giving, like in this way, like when it's of love and of the spirit, it always gives to you back. Like, yeah. And, and not like 
you're going to get money, like prosperity gospel type stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why I've been giving. I've been waiting, for, the, been waiting, waiting for that check, God. Keep on waiting. <laughs> no, but you get, you just get like uh, fulfillment. You get like, I don't know, you've experienced this feeling before. Too, of like, course, of course. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've been on quite a few mission trips myself and, and, you know, sometimes there can be the the danger of feeling like, you know, you go and do something for them and you have a cool trip and you feel like you've done, pat yourself on the back, mm-hmm. look at what I did. And, it, you know, it always, no matter where we're in, if we're in Wichita, Wichita Falls, Texas, mm-hmm. or you're in Romania, you know, in Europe, or, you know, uh, I had a chance to serve on a, on a uh, Native American reservation in Nebraska uh, once, you know, you you still come away from those experiences having uh, been enriched by somebody else's life who is living out their life and their time and place faithfully. Um, and you, you experience it, you see it, um, you're given hope and joy, and you're sharing in that sorrow, too, that they may be experiencing, which is a gifting of another kind, right? Yeah. You know, Um and so, yeah, I think you, you get all you you do receive uh, all of those uh, all of those things and attributes that come back at you uh, tenfold. It's it's amazing, and I, and I'm and I you know those that you meet people that go on mission trip, and like especially I, I come across because you know in my role I come across maybe a lot of adult volunteers that'll be there and it might be their first time helping out or whatever. And they're kind of like, oh, well, you know, I came because, you know, my wife couldn't or whatever, you yeah. know, or whatever. Here for my kid. Yeah. yeah, here for my kid. And and then they're like, oh, my gosh, I need more of this. Well, what is it that they need more of, right? Because the, they're like, oh, I'm here next year or mm-hmm. I'll, what else you got going on? Like, you know, they're, at, they're, they're seeking and searching and trying to get what they received mm. from that trip. Yeah. Yeah. They're con- and they want, they want that same kind of, zeal for life and appreciation for blessing and ability to be in communion and solidarity, you know, with another person, you know, from another walk of life and to feel that, that sense of, yeah, of community and togetherness, you know, that, that exists when you get in, you know, when you go into those situations, build those communities, build those relationships. People want that. We're desperate for that. Yeah. You know, and those who've experienced that, they know. And that's why whenever they're not, physically able to go on trips like these to, to Romania, to, you know, our UM armies when it goes to Wichita Falls around Texas mm-hmm. and repairing homes. Like they know how important that is one to teach these teens, that kind of transaction of, of giving and, and blessing. Uh, and so a lot of, we get a lot of sponsors. We get a lot of people who just like, Hey, here's some money. If a kid is not afford or not able to go, you know, they can't afford mm-hmm. to. Um, and I think it's the same way in the church, like, we because we've we come out on the other side of that or we've experienced it before and we just want to make sure somebody else has that experience as well or or you know it's it's the movement of the heart right where we just hear a story uh hear of a ministry we're just like so inspired want to run through a wall but we can't there's no wall there and so instead we can like (laughs) offer up uh either financial gifts or prayer um you know to those ministries and so we we hope that today that you heard one of those stories, that there is there was something in that menu, that myriad of, of ways God is moving uh, in Romania uh, that inspires you. Um, and, and we'll put in the episode page just kind of some links 
that you can offer up some some financial support or um, we'll also put like the links to their like Facebook pages and Instagrams that are very active and they just they post a lot of pictures and a lot of stories of what's happening in from their humanitarian aid to Ukraine to uh, the stories of their orphans to their music ministry that's going on across the street with the Ukrainians and t- like all that stuff goes on there. And it's so cool. So cool to watch. And so we'll put all that in the episode page for you guys. Looking around to see these other different, you know, Facebook pages, you know, and mm-hmm. what they're, what they're doing and all these different ministries. I, I just wanted to say, and, and another part of that challenge is to once, you know, once you, um, leave, you know, home and you have this mountaintop experience, you know, you come back and you see what is going on in my community. What's going on here? There are people suffering here. There are communities that need our help here. You know, right around in our backyard or just around the corner. Um, you know, so what are what are some home, homeless shelters and boys and girls homes needs? You know, that are that are here in this community in and around you know the greater North Texas area. So, you know, maybe part of that that, that challenge is. Is to uh, and maybe part maybe something that will alleviate that uh, overwhelmingness of you know trying to help out in the global way is find a way to get connected locally you know yeah. build relationships with people you know here locally in your local community um, and uh, watch sit back and watch what God does does with you know your gifting and all your gifts you know in those areas yeah absolutely and especially when something's put on your heart. Uh like the church is supposed to be like the the fan to help you fan the flame, you know, to help empower you. Um, we I remember a couple of years back we had uh, for just it meant for just a year, um, but it was for like teens who got pregnant and needed help. We had a group especially for them, and there was just this season that you know God had for this church that put it on the heart of two women that were involved in the church, and we they came to us with like this idea and we said, heck yeah, that sounds awesome. And so we gave, gave them the space, gave them whatever, like give them all advertising, whatever they needed uh, to, for them to live out that gifting uh, to those, to those ladies. And it was, it was a beautiful thing. I think that's what the church is supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, is, is take those things that are put on our heart and find ways um, to em- empower and give you the opportunity to, to give your time and energy and, Stuff. And that's in the community as well. There are lots of nonprofits out there that are doing just that same beautiful work. And so if you need help with that, that's we can help you. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or Google. You know, Google. Finds, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe use the church as a filter first. And then <laughs> Google first. Then Google, yeah. it's like Google, then church, and then like Chad, and then God. I think that's the... <laughs> Is that the hierarchy? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll offer my services up that way. Sure. Yeah. I'll jump on that. Yeah. As, as there is the, the former, you know, food pyramid, there's also the, uh, you know, service pyramid. And I'm, I guess I'm in there somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Or is that also antiquated? <laughs> the food service pyramid? Yeah. The food pyramid? I think, I think it is. I think oh. it's supposed to be like a balanced, like. Yeah. It shouldn't be a pyramid anymore. It's not a pyramid. What what would it be? A a lake? Quadrilateral. Quadrilateral. (laughs) Trapezoidal. Yeah. Rhombus. Yeah. One of those. Flatten it out a little more. Yeah. And we hope that you'll give it a try. Give it a try. (laughs) 